God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with the voice of rejoicing. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us listen attentively. In those days, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints that lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And he immediately rose. And all the residents of Lydda in Sharon saw him. And they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Yopa a disciple named Tabitha, which means Lorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she fell sick and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lida was near Yopa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he had come, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Then, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peace be to you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, in Hebrew called Bethesda, which has five porticos. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain t seasons into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever stepped in first after the troubling of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? 
The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is troubled. And when I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your pallet and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, the man who healed me said to me, take up your pallet and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your pallet and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. As there was a crowd in the place, afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse befall you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So there I was during Holy Week, St. Elias Parish in Dubuque, Iowa. And in the middle of Holy Week, I was struck like a, with, like a bolt of lightning with the question, what on earth is Pontius Pilate doing in our creed? There are only two people mentioned in the creed. Now, Theotokos and the mother of our Lord, I can see that's a no-brainer. But Pontius Pilate? Not Peter, not Paul, not any of the 12 apostles are mentioned by name. St. John the Baptist doesn't make an appearance. But their largest life is Pontius Pilate. What on earth is he doing in the creed? Well, I think the answer to that is contained in the question. What on earth is Pontius Pilate doing in the creed is to remind us that we're on earth, that this is the real world in which Christ appeared. He shared everything about us. Now, the church father, St. Maximus the Confessor, 
said that as the result of the sin of Adam and the fall of the human race, there would be many divisions. And one of the major divisions between heaven and earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I was born in the Pine Hills section of Albany, New York, which was any place but heaven. I grew up knowing the typical divisions, class, race, education, et cetera, et cetera, income, neighborhood, status, all the divisions of the earth. Then as I got older, I learned about even deeper divisions between heaven and earth. The Vietnam War, the protests, all that that I was exposed to. I guess I'm revealing my age, aren't I? And you know what? It's the same now. Divisions between the earth of the Pontius Pilots of this world and of heaven. It's interesting, isn't it, when we say the Lord's Prayer that we say, thy will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if we have to pray it to be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's pretty obvious that that's not what's happening now. Earth is the only place where the will of God is not followed. The heavens declare the glory of God. But on earth, but to pray for its inbreaking, the inbreaking of the kingdom of God in its final healing unity of heaven and earth. But we had a foretaste of that with the inbreaking of the kingdom of God through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And Pontius Pilate reminds us that the world that Jesus came into is not a pleasant one. And if we really wanna know Jesus Christ intimately, we gotta get to know his neighborhood. And we have to face up to the world around us because unless we see how sinful sin is, how dreadful death is, how miserable suffering is, until we see all of this, we will not know how valuable to our existence is our Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't see what we need to be saved from, then we're not going to see the value in its fullest and in entirety of the Savior. If we, if we gloss it over or ignore it or deny it, the creed doesn't do that. It says Pontius Pilate, code, icon, for all sin, evil, death of the world. That's the world Jesus came into. That's the world he shared with us. He reminds me of the, of the boy named Sue in that Johnny Cash song. 
He came among us in the blood, in the mud, in the beer. Some people will say, oh, I don't believe in God because if there was a God, there would be no suffering in the world. So you have to pit God against suffering. But that's not right at all. God is suffering. God suffers with us. God is in and with our unhappy state. That is what St. Paul called the word of the cross. The word of God, the word of God incarnate in Jesus Christ, is nothing else than the word of the cross. And Paul also tells us, and I want to share this with you, that we have to enter into that world, the world, the neighborhood of Jesus Christ himself. If you want to know him and the power of his resurrection, he says, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. This is what Paul said, that he wanted both of those. He wanted the power of the resurrection, but he also wanted the fellowship of the sufferings. And why? Because through the fellowship of his sufferings, he could too attain to the resurrection from the dead. He didn't see any other way. He didn't see a way around the cross or over the cross or underneath and subterranean evolution through the world without the cross. Through the cross. It's through the cross that joy came into the world. But we're not going to experience the joy until we understand the suffering the sinfulness of sin, the dreadfulness of death, the misery of the sufferings of the world. And that's a difficult thing to pull off, isn't it? I mean, it sounds like, at first glance, something very much of a downer. I was chastised once many years ago because somebody said to me, Father John, you preach too much about sin. I said, I'm not preaching about sin. I'm preaching about deliverance from sin, salvation from sin. But how are you going to know what you're saved from if you don't know what you're talking about? How are you going to know Jesus Christ if you don't know the fellowship of his sufferings? God is suffering. God, the Son, suffered on the cross. God, the Father, suffered in the loss of his Son. And God, the Holy Spirit, is grieved and suffering whenever we sin and fall short of his glory. So he's with us. He's in there with the mud and the blood and the beer. 
I, I don't know about you, but I find that very comforting because what other hope would I have in this world than to know if Christ could call out on the cross, oh God, my God, why do you forsake me? He shared to the nth degree, to the ultimate, and what it's like to be abandoned by God. And so, whenever we feel abandoned by God, we got bad news from the doctor, or our children didn't turn out the way we had hoped they would, or I hear they hired a consultant to come in to see how my company is going to be downsized. Okay, that's not as serious as what's going on in the Ukraine, where we have our own very living Pontius Pilate at work. But it's all of a continuum. And it all has meaning in the eyes of God. So much meaning that he said, I want to share it with you. I want to be there with you. I am in solidarity with you. Not just when things are going well, but also and especially when they're not. Peter, when, when the crowd gathered around the Lord and listened to his teachings until it got difficult and they fled, the Lord, and, and this is one of the most moving statements that he ever made, I think. He turned to his own disciples, his own people, us, and he said to them, will you also abandon me? Now think about that. We're so used to talking about, where's God? He's not here, he's not there, he's abandoning us, he's absent. And the Lord turns around and he says, will you abandon me? And Peter said, Lord, where would we turn? You have the words of eternal life. That goes to the very essence, the core of the gospel word of the cross. That the Lord himself, the ruler of heaven and earth, could say to one of his little minions, will you abandon me? My heart breaks every time I read that. And I cling to the words of Peter. Where would we turn? In the mud, in the blood, in the beard, with the Pontius Pilots of the world, with the Ukraine in flames, with COVID surging again, 
and with all the problems we have in our life, where would we turn? Ah, but you, O Lord, have the word of eternal life, the word of the cross, through whom joy has come into all the earth, Pontius Pilate and all. Christ is risen. Please rise.